Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, we've got an opportunity today to have uh, one of my favorite people, Pastor Sean Lovejoy, is on the podcast with us. And Pastor Sean, thanks for being with us. Hey, it's great to be with you, man. You're one of my favorites as well. Oh, come on. I appreciate it. So listen, I want to, um, I know a lot about you, but just give us a, give us the high level view for the people that don't know you are new to our podcast. Give us a little bit about your background and tell us how you started Courageous Pastors, because that's really what we want them to hear about today. Well, you know this, but I, w- I was a marketplace leader before I was a ministry leader. I was a real estate developer, a uh, real estate broker, uh, and, and God calls me into vocational ministry through a revival that swept through my church yeah. and, um, you know, went off to seminary, served a couple of churches, and then moved to Metro Atlanta to start a church in 1999. But I always felt like an executive trapped in a pastor's body and Felt like I was better between Sundays and realized 20 years ago when I started coaching church planners that I was a little different. And most church planners were really good on Sundays, but struggled between Sundays. And that's when we started coaching pastors way back when. I was young. Yeah. It was a wiring. You know, I even identified way back when. Even that is so good right there. If you're listening to the podcast, you just said something, Sean, that I want you just to dig into a little bit. A lot of pastors work in the ministry, but they don't want work on the ministry. You know, they work on Sundays, but don't work between the Sundays. And I think you're saying that has a lot to do with really what happens long-term fruit. What kind of things are you seeing that a lot of guys are missing on the Monday through Friday side? Yeah, I've told church planters for years, like if, if, if you're a church planter out there today, you know, there's all this church planning training. There's 18 months of training or more that goes into preparing for launch Sunday, but then Sunday comes every seven days. That's right. That's right. It's relentless after that. And very few organizations, denominations know how to deal with once it's launched. Yeah. And then you're like an existing church. Really everything from there on is based upon your leadership. You know, your LQ, your leadership quotient, I call it your EQ, your emotional intelligence, as well as your IQ. And not just for you, but but with your team. And a lot of the reason why a lot of churches get stuck is they don't grow their LQ and they're not able to build a team. Yeah. You know, a cohesive and, and they just get stuck. It's not that they're not teaching the gospel. Yeah. It's not that the music is terrible, even though I've seen that sometimes. Yeah. You know, the good news is. Guys can grow and your your teaching doesn't have to get a ton better and your music doesn't have to get a ton better. If you'll focus on leadership and ministry health and get prepared to grow, you know, every ministry is perfectly structured for the results it's getting now. So we've got to get prepared and postured and structured to grow. That includes me. We've got to act bigger than what we are and not limit what God wants to do. I tell pastors all the time, God wants the church to grow more than you do. Yeah. Yeah. He's just waiting on us. Yeah. And that's so good. So, so oftentimes it's like we're hindering the growth. It's not that we have to produce the growth. It's like we get out, got to get out of the way of it. To me, that's so empowering because I stopped shaking my fist at Jesus and 
waiting on him and wondering why he's not answering my prayer yeah. and bringing more people. No, I actually need to take more responsibility for my part. He's been doing his, he wants to do his, but he's not going to send us more than we can handle. Yeah. I mean, if we're overwhelmed and stressed out now and our team's having a hard time keeping up now, why would he send us twice as many people? Like we could not stand it. Yeah. So we, we've got to grow our, our threshold you know, for what we can handle. And then God says, now they're ready. And that's when you see a church become an overnight success. After years of behind the scenes preparation, there's usually that breakthrough year. As you know, we had that when I was a pastor. Yeah. You know, I was so clueless when I first planted, but I had great coaching. Yeah. And had guys speaking into everything. And we we realized, hey, there's an art and a science to some of this stuff too. Yes, pray. Yes, God is going to do the supernatural, but there are some practices that we can learn to break through as a church. And, you know, that was really a part of our story. Hey, d- dig into it real quick, just downshift. You just said every ministry is, is achieving the results it's set up to, make, to receive. Talk us through that, just high level. What does that mean? Well, it's my own calendar. Yeah. You know, it's how my time is structured. The most important system in the church is how a pastor spends their time. Yeah. And I tell pastors all the time, I've never had a pastor say to me in all my years of coaching, man, we really started our, we really broke growth barriers when I started doing more counseling. Yeah. Where to get past, where do pastors get bogged down with a lot of their time? Yeah. Our church really broke through when I started doing more weddings and more funerals. You know, and what do a lot of pastors end up spending a lot of their time doing? So we got to structure our day you know, on the things that provide the greatest potential return on investment for the ministry in our week. And then we got to get our whole team thinking that way. We got to get out of maintenance mode and into growth mode and really be focused on the things that can help our church grow through conversion growth. But that's, that's the 99 and the one principle. Yeah. Are are you finding that it's like guys have to change five, six, seven, eight things, or is it usually just like one or two, core foundational, you mentioned calendars. Do you find it's a lot of things or it's usually just one or two? Well, of course we, you know, we, we, we talk about the three gears of growth, something you're very familiar with. I can trace every tension and opportunity in the church back to three things. They're tensions, but they're also opportunities. It's a culture issue we've got to overcome. For example, why are people not inviting their friends to church? Right. It's not all their fault. (laughs) Right. They really do love God. Yeah. And they like our church. They may not love it today, but they like it. They're coming, you know, but why aren't they inviting their friends? Yeah. We need to know that. That's potentially a culture issue. Mm. You know, we've become inward focused or we're not putting on worship services that they feel safe to invite their friends to. Or it's a team issue. You know, I've taken the church as far as I can on my back. You know that feeling firsthand as a former church planter and like, I just, I just don't think I don't have the people around me, you know, that can, I can diffuse and delegate and empower and grow. And the whole thing's like, I'm carrying it on my shoulder. I don't have the right people and I don't have them in the right seats or it's a systems issue. You know, we're not structured. You know, I tell guys, consider it this way. If, if God was going to add a hundred new people to your church, and you want 10 people in a small group, how many new small group leaders do you need trained right now? That's right. You need 10 couples 
ready to launch new small groups. Elsewise, why would Jesus bring those new people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the <laughs> How many? Thirty percent of those would be children. Yeah. You know, it, can you handle thirty more people, thirty more kids in your preschool this Sunday? Yeah, you know. So we we've got to get structure. We got to get prepared. We got to get posture to handle more. And of course, there's, those three gears have lots of tentacles on them. Right. But I can trace it all back to those one of those three things. You know, it's amazing. So many church planners are discouraged. It's not that they don't love Jesus. It's not that they don't love their towns. It's not that they're not preaching their hearts out. And they're so discouraged because there's a gap between what's in their heart and mind and their vision and what they're seeing. And I think what you're saying a lot of, sometimes it's not the prayer and worship and love God part. You've got that down. It's that you're one or two systems that are broken from you really being prepared to see that vision come to pass. Yeah. And that's ministry infrastructure. And of course, you know, what you guys do, your bread and butter, it's, it's the legal end, the bookkeeping end, the financial side, getting all that buttoned up. You know, Jesus is not going to send us more financial resources than we can handle. It's time, it's talent, it's treasure. You know, why, why do we not have high capacity givers in our church? Our systems might get exposed, might be broken. We're, we're, we're messy around the edges. You know, we've got Butch and Bubba who are brothers collecting the offering and counting it together right now. Sure. That's the way it rolls in Alabama sometimes, you know, and I, I, we, we can't, we've got to get better. We've got to get better and we've got to get tighter and, and ready to receive more. Yeah. We, we saw that last year. So many churches were struggling. Star Church bookkeeping clients grew by 40%. The average 40% of our churches grew in their finances last year. And I think that's just because they're poised to grow. They know where their money went. They know how to invest it. They know how to report on it, given fluctuations. And, and they're set right. What I hear you saying to you, one thing I love is I hear you talk about coaching. So you bring in that third eye. You, know, you bring in that and say, I can actually see your systems. Like I can come to you and say, I'm, I'm discouraged in my ministry. I'm not seeing what I want to see. And then you as a coach can look into my world and go, well, dude, you got these two things right here are keeping you back. I didn't even see it, but it took a coach to help me get in there. Is that kind of what you guys do day in and day? Absolutely. I mean, isn't it, isn't it easy to see bad parenting a million miles away from some, from another parent in Walmart, you know, but we have tendencies, you know, as parents that aren't always healthy and always the best, but we can't see that about ourselves because it's an ingrained habit. Thus the power of coaching, you know, it brings outside perspective and it brings permission. I have found two out of three pastors out there have a reasonable leadership quotient, emotional awareness and all of that. They're, they just doubt themselves. They've taken a few hits, especially right now on the heels of this pandemic. They're kind of back on their heels. They've done a, tried a few things, gotten bit for it, gotten a negative email, yeah. Staff person left, the family left. And so I, I, I just doubt myself. I second guess myself. And it's paralysis by analysis. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, I sat across the table from great people. As you know, Andy Stanley was one of my coaches for a season. He's like, dude, pull the trigger on that. Yeah. What are you waiting on? You're on the right track. Don't stop. Don't quit. But don't be quiet. Don't go away. Don't yeah. worry about one family leaving. Keep going the direction you're going. And I'm like, thank you, God. I was all, I, I'm not crazy. Sure. You're on the right track, you know, whatever. So it's permission and perspective yeah. that, 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 that a coach can provide for you. And I experienced it firsthand many, many, many times. Me too. You know, I, I wrote a blog recently about you and I connecting over my, uh, one of my church plants there. And, 
And uh, I've just seen time and time again, people that are called, anointed, skilled, they need another voice in their life to help give them that permission, to help give them that encouragement. I mean, sometimes you're right there and you're one voice away, you know, one piece of data away. I remember one time I was struggling uh, in some, some ministry stuff and I was kind of doing what I'd always done. And I had, I had a coach tell me, he said, you're doing, you're doing a Walkman ministry in an iPod world and that. And it just hit me. I'm just doing what I've been doing. I hadn't changed. I hadn't caught up. What's yeah. a Walkman? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Just world>. <laughs> uh, but what it was, it was just an outsider's perspective that said, hey, you need to change and you can change and do this. Yeah. And on the other hand, I tell pastors all the time, Nathan, um, I, I know why churches stop growing. <laughs> to me, the answer is really, really simple. Yeah. They choose not to have the conversations they need to have and make the decisions they need to make. Deep down, they know they've got somebody on their team that's, that's not performing. Yeah. Yeah. They know they've got some toxicity. Yeah. They know they've got some passive aggressiveness. They know they've got some inward focus and that they, they won't address it. They yeah. won't talk about it. They yeah. won't make the deci- a tough decision, have a courageous conversation. And you're kind of choosing slow death. Yeah. You know, in that moment, you don't realize that you're choosing safety and not jumping outside your comfort level. But it's how a church dies very quietly, very slowly. And frankly, pastors, you know, as you know, a lot of pastors resigned during the pandemic. A lot of pastors retired. Yeah. Frankly, I believe they had resigned and retired internally a long time ago. Yeah. It It was just okay. It was all right to show up. It was pretty easy. The pandemic kind of exposed people that really had checked out mentally and settled for the slow death and ride it out to the end a long time ago. And I tell pastors, like, it's deep change or it's slow death. And I want to count. Obviously, most pastors didn't get in this because of the money. (laughs) They wanted to affect change, eternal change, but it takes courage. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, um, Les McGew, and he he wrote a book called Predictable Success. And I said, how does... How is the pandemic affecting organizations? And he said, it's blowing on them and accelerating. If they were about to break through, they kind of went back to the whitewater struggle. But if they were on the edge of death, they just got sent right into the grave. Like the pandemic exposed where they were. You know, as you were talking and talking about voices being in your life, I think about how many pastors experience loneliness. You know, you plant, a lot of people are around you when you want to plant. Then you plant. And the novelty's over and Sunday's coming every seven days and sort of the scaffolding of your first launch team goes away. And there you are, you know, Sunday after Sunday. And there is a sense of loneliness that I do think really hinders pastors. Talk to me about the relational side of coaching. Because when I talk to you, it's, you know, you're not just saying here's, you know, eight PDFs. You're really saying, here's what you need. Here's how you get people involved in your life and connect. Talk to us about that part. Yeah. So first of all, the number one mistake pastors make is isolation. You know, even in the good times, that Sunday's coming every seven days. The message is hot. We're not sure exactly what we're going to preach on. There's pressure, you know, so we're we're at home or in the office studying, you know, 20, 30 hours. Like, where's the time to get outside and go and travel and, you know, connect with other pastors? And then especially, I've seen this a million times. 
when it's going great, when you're on the top 100 list, I'm not a big fan of that list or whatever, you know, that's out there, fastest growing thing or whatever. Like you want to go to all the conferences, you want to be seen. <laughs> yeah. But when it's not growing leaps and bounds or when you've lost ground, there's no momentum, you're a little embarrassed by that. Yeah. And you don't, you stop going to the conferences. You stop going to the round tables and the denominational gatherings because you don't want people to ask you, How's it going? Yeah. You know, and, and it's tricky as a pastor, like who can you reach out to and say, it's not going so well. Yeah. And frankly, sometimes another pastor in your town can use that against you if you're not careful, you know, so who can you trust? Yeah. Who can you trust? And so we love being a vault for pastors. That's great. Personal level, you know, professional level, but at the same time, you don't just need a buddy either. Like you need a framework, you need a process, you need a pathway, you need some nuts and bolts, you need some new systems, yeah. you need a new structure, you know, you've got to work on your culture. There, there, there's a method to the madness too. So you need a, you need a partner, you know, that'll keep things in confidence, but yeah. you need like a pathway and a process to yeah. kind of get you from where you are to where you need to be. And that's what we try to provide. Yeah. How would you describe, you, you told me before, the difference between coaching and training. You know, I've heard, talked to you about a couple of different people that were doing what they called coaching. You said, Nathan, that's not coaching. That's something else. Describe the difference between those things. Yeah. So uh, a coach, uh, coaching requires a relationship. Right. All right. When a coach takes over an athletic team, they don't stay in the city where they are. They ask them to move. You know. Because players aren't going to do what you ask them to do if you don't have a relationship with them. Frankly, you don't know how to tell them what to do unless you're in a relationship with them. And what some are calling coaching out there, even in ministry circles, is really content delivery. Mm -hmm. It's really training. It's really consulting, you know, where I come in for a day or whatever. But if I come in for a day or two, I'm going to give you my kind of my canned thing because I, I don't know you. Yeah, I don't know you. So I'm going to do the best I can to teach out of my experience, but getting to know you and then our coaching is built. So we also get to know your lead team, yep. you know, your inner circle around you, man, that makes us so much better. A coach, a coach watches a player play and then offers immediate feedback. Yep. And so that's why we kind of, ideally we put a coach on retainer to that pastor. And we love to interact with the leadership team as well, because meeting them allows them to know how he can or she can best lead them. But it also gives perspective for us for that leader to say, hey, I don't know if she's in the right seat. Yeah. Or I don't know if he can keep up. or I don't know if he's on board or not. And we're able to help them kind of see through some of that pit in their stomach about some of the people on their team. Yeah. So I, I don't know anybody doing that like yeah. we're doing it, yeah. that that close, that kind of access that kind of high touch. It's one of the reasons why I, I love when I see a church launch budget that has a counselor and a coach already built into the budget. Big fan of both. Yeah. The yeah. pastor should have a counselor and way before anything happens. They should be getting counseling on a regular basis and they should have a coach from day one. And they're different. They're totally different. You know, I'm not trained to be a counselor either. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express, you know, so I tell guys that quickly. We're your coach. You know, we're going to, we're going to work on the LQ, the EQ, you know, they're going to help you with some of that, but you, I think both are really, really important. 
What would you, biggest advice you have on pastors right now? They're planting the, a lot of people who are listening to us, our church planners, or leader, as they're going towards the end of 2021, trying to look towards 2022, what is a couple of words of advice that you'd give? Maybe even a word of encouragement, people that are launching out. You know, it's not like when you and I planted, this is in a pandemic. These guys are trying to figure out digital church day one. Got any words of encouragement to the listeners? Well, this will sound harsh at first, but I think it'll be liberating, encouraging on the back end. But don't play the role of the victim. Yeah. Like we talk to pastors every week, Nathan. This is, well, you just don't know what it's like in Boston. Sure. No, <laughs> I'm in Dallas, Texas, and they're saying, you just don't know how hard it is in Dallas. You know, the buckle of the Bible Belt. There's big, big churches on every corner here. Well, the church in Boston doesn't have to struggle with that. You know what I'm saying? So there are trade-offs in every city and every area. Uh, everybody wants to blame the pandemic 100% for all their issues, yeah, you know, true. right now. And yes, did we get kicked in the teeth by the pandemic? But I think there's a tendency to blame 100% of our lack of momentum that's coming back on the pandemic instead of taking responsibility, yeah. drawing a line in the sand and saying, hey, we need to get better. The fact that we don't know where 200 people where 200 of our leaders are is not a hundred percent on the pandemic. Like we should know we, we didn't have close enough relationship with our key people, for example, and we're going to, we're going to build a better communication system with our top leaders. So we know where our people are all the time, all the time. And we don't lose people. So there's going to be another pandemic. There's going to be another recession, another something. Yeah. Another something. And we've got to do, we got to, we got to do a better job. So take responsibility. The guys that I see winning right now have gotten their eyes focused today, this week off who's left and whether or not people are coming back and they've just declared, Hey, here's who we got. We got 40%. We got 50%. We got 60%. That's our new number. Forget whatever a hundred percent was. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not relevant anymore. Yeah. Let's plant a church with this amount of people. Love that. That's the heart of a planter, right? We just, we yep. get it done. Replant, just replant. And there's a power that comes from that yep. to get your whole team off the past, off who's left, off what's happened and the, all the craziness and just say, hey, it's a new day. Let's go forward. That's so good. Well, we're a big believer in Star Church. We're a big believer in coaching. We're from day one. We get this question all the time. They start with us, get their church set up on a legal foundation and say, what do I do? What's next? And where we say, find a tribe, find a coach, get connected. And we couldn't be more excited about our partnership. Star Church and Courageous Pastors are getting together to really make sure they start right and then they continue to grow right. And uh, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Where they need to go to find out more? You've got a bunch of different packages. Some people think coaching is $10,000 a month. Not like that at all. You've got different levels for people. If somebody's sitting out there right now and thinking, I'd like to find out more about getting a coach from my church, my church plant. Where do they go? Well, first of all, when you're talking about putting a coach full-time on retainer, you know, that's there for you, meeting with you regularly, interacting with your team, that high touch, that high access, it requires a lot of time from the coach. Yeah. You know, so there's an associated cost from that. Tends to be, you know, sometimes expensive. Um, that's why, you know, we've launched CourageousPastors.com, where we're clustering these pastors in groups of five and up to 15 so that they can have live and personal access to a leadership coach, but receive training and be able to contextualize and overcome speed bumps and hiccups along the way 
And those coaching plans now start at less than a hundred dollars a month. Incredible. So now no pastor left behind my friend. So I'm really excited that we've been able to offer this because I know your audience in particular, a lot of new church planters, small churches, mid-sized churches, courageous pastors was literally designed with that in mind. And as they grow, obviously the bread and butter, the real life change, you know, is going to happen with the one-on-one coaching in the long run, but this is a great place to start and you don't have to wait and procrastinate and wait till one day you get big enough to afford coaching. That's great. Well, we are super excited. When I talked to you and you said, Hey, I've got a coaching package that clusters these guys together from day one, makes coaching available at an affordable price. And just knowing you, knowing the quality of content they're going to get, the quality of relationship, we couldn't be more excited about partnering with you guys. And um, we're so excited about this year. So if you're interested, go to courageouspastors.com. Check out Pastor Sean Lovejoy. Sean, thanks so much for being on the podcast with us. Hey, man, you know, I love you guys and believe you guys. Let's help pastors together. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.